0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. Now, this podcast episode is a pretty big deal because number one, it is my first solo episode in a while. I think my last solo episode went live like the end of August or the beginning of September. So wow. Wow. That's a long time ago because look at us. It is December 18th. That's insane. Um, It was just on Sunday or Monday of this week, actually, when I realized that Christmas is next week. So, wow, which brings me to my next point as to why this podcast episode is a big deal. It's because for the first time ever, we are taking two weeks off of podcasting. Not really because I super want to and I don't want to be here with you guys for those next two weeks, but it is Christmas and then it's New Year's and this podcast actually comes out on Wednesdays. And Christmas Day is Wednesday next week, and then New Year's Day is Wednesday two weeks from now, so I just thought it made sense if we just rolled with the holidays and took those two weeks off to really be present with our families, and we don't need something extra going on and we can resume in the new year 2020 and kick it off with some really awesome episodes that we can all enjoy together. I have some great ones lined up for you all. So I'm really excited to meet up back here with you in January. So that will be the second Wednesday in January. I believe that is January 8th. So we will see each other again, January 8th, or I guess chat with each other again. I guess you can't really see me with these episodes, but I envision you all listening (laughs) with me and us all huddling around at least that's how I feel anyways. (laughs) So I wanted to catch you up on some things first, but I will just let you know that I thought it would be fun to record a solo episode just before we kind of peace out for two weeks. So I grabbed questions from you over on Instagram today. So thank you so much for Everyone who answered my little question box on Instagram and submitted questions. I got tons of questions, so I will hopefully get through all of them in this episode. But if I don't, my apologies. We can always do another solo episode in the new year as well, but I will do my best to get through all of them because I truly appreciate every single one of you who submitted questions for my solo episode today. Thank you. So much. Honestly, this podcast would not be a thing if you guys weren't around. So I truly appreciate every single one of you who tune in to this every single week and listen to me and our guests. And even if you don't listen to this podcast every single week, I still so appreciate you and your support. Um, even if you have loved the show for the episodes that you have listened to. I really, really appreciate you. So before we get into the questions, I do want to just give you an update on what my December has been looking like ever since I got back from my travels. So for those of you who have followed along with me for like ever or even for the past four months, you'll know that I was hopping all over the place. I was in London, Ontario, Toronto, Sud. Salt Lake City. Oh gosh, I was a bunch of places, Saskatoon, mainly in Canada, but I was in the States for a little bit as well. And I was teaching health beyond food classes and working with my team, my nourished and free leaders and helping my ladies launch their businesses as well. So that was a four month long tour. And I am a very airy person. So if you look at my birth chart and JD Ingalls and I actually did a podcast on (laughs) astrology and like our birth charts and looking at our sun, moon and rising signs. Anyways, in that podcast episode, which was a while back, truthfully, I shared with you that my sun, moon and rising signs, which are the three signs that are mainly that are kind of like first looked at when you look at your birth chart or if you're going to be talking to someone that knows more than me about birth charts and things like that typically they're going to look at your sun moon and rising signs first up and it's really interesting that my sun moon and rising signs are all in air signs and so there's only three air signs in like the zodiac which are gemini libra and aquarius and i have all three of those signs in my sun moon and rising signs so When we look at that, I can be a very airy person. I love just kind of um, free flowing, going with the flow and being all over the place too. I love travel. I love flying and I, don't get me wrong, I love my home, I really do. But I love being other places too. It's so much fun. So I thoroughly enjoy these past four months of travel And I really, like, I don't get homesick. Sure, I miss Penny, but I know she's in good hands. And of course, I miss Scott, but I know he's around for a long time with me. And yeah, like, obviously, I miss my family back home, but I just thoroughly enjoyed those four months of pretty much nonstop travel. I actually tallied it all up, and I was on 21 Different flights throughout those past four months. And I might be wrong on that. It might be like 22 or 23 based on like flight cancellations and getting knocked over to different flights and whatnot. But I did my best and tallied it all up. And what I got was 21 flights. And I don't know, personally, I feel like that's a lot um, for four months. So anyways, that's kind of like a little snapshot of what my past four months have looked like. And like, As I said, I really, really enjoyed everything about it. I would do it all over again and I even miss it. But I feel like coming back home, I didn't get back home until the very last day in November. And I feel like I was kind of building up December to be like this thing where I got all this stuff done because I'm home now and really like crushed this last month of the year. And I was just starting to feel really, Like, first, overwhelmed, a little bit of anxiety. And we'll be talking a little bit more about anxiety in today's show, actually, just based off of a question that I got from one of you. And, but overall, I was just, I had many chats with a few of my close friends. And the way I described how I felt was I was feeling like I was just all dried up, like a dried up well. I had kind of like nothing left to pour out of me. And thankfully, I actually wasn't feeling this way physically. Physically, I feel amazing. And I definitely owe that to my ability to continue to take care of myself even while I'm away so sleeping properly while I'm away and nourishing my body still like really still making that a priority and not just be like okay I'm traveling today and kind of letting that travel day take advantage of me and not eating properly, um, meaning like not eating nutritious foods that are actually going to offer me some health benefits and also um, eating enough consistently too, right? Because our bodies can get really run down when we're not fueling our bodies properly with enough food, but also the foods that our our bodies thrive off of. So I'm really good at um, prioritizing sleep, nutrition, and even my stress levels too. Stress um, is huge for really tanking our immune system. And when I was traveling, I actually slept with my earbuds right next to my bed. So when I woke up in the morning, I would pop my earbuds in and I would actually meditate for at least five minutes every day, but most times I would meditate for like 30 minutes. So that's how I like starting my days. It really helps me. And I know that helped with my stress, which then in turn helped with me feeling my best physically while traveling. And just a lot of other things for sure. Of course, um, proper supplementation too, even though you eat a healthy diet, um, my supplementation was on point and essential oils. I will not enter any like airport or I won't travel without my essential oils. And what a lot of people don't realize is the essential oil bottles I use, they're typically like five to 15 mil bottles. So you can travel with them. They don't even have to be in your checked baggage. Even though I do put some of my essential oils in my checked baggage, you can actually travel with um, anything under a hundred mils, right? So I just take one of those baggies that they give to you at the airport and toss in all of my must-have essential oils and I'll travel with them and never have any problems with that. And I know that is a huge reason why my immune system and body was able to thrive while all of this travel took place. So anyways, I've been feeling really amazing physically and I'm so grateful for that but mentally and emotionally, I was feeling really, really dry, burnt out. And which is funny because last episode, we actually talked about burnout, but Kayla in that episode, she was our guest last week. And we were actually talking about like that physical burnout, right? So it's really ironic. I would say that I'm feeling a little bit mentally and emotionally burnt out. So As the mental health and emotional health advocate that I am, I really like took this seriously and started talking to my friends about how I felt and having really like honest and open conversations with them. And one of my closest friends, Kara, actually suggested to me that I kind of make it a little bit of an experiment, take two weeks or the rest of December completely off. And this um, conversation actually just happened this weekend. So at the time it was like a full two weeks. And she just said, take this, these full, the rest of December off and kind of treat it like an experiment, have fun with it and just don't do anything. Like don't make a to-do list and just see what happens. And so I instantly actually felt inspired to do this and it was a really good feeling. Um, and I really do want to talk about that with you today because I feel like I was inspired and felt lighter and like capable of getting through this because I gave my myself permission. And that's a thing that, I believe a lot of us are lacking within our lives that ability to give ourselves permission. So I hope that kind of um, strikes a chord with you. And if it does, maybe take a step back and ask yourself, what are you needing to give yourself permission for today or this week or this month? And just ask yourself, tune in and see what comes up for you. I'd be really interested to know, so if you want to chat with me about this, definitely hit me up over on Instagram. I am MegDoll, and I'd love to chat with you about it. But for me, it was me giving myself permission to ab- like have absolutely no to-do list. That's exactly what I needed. So I actually couldn't stop thinking about this idea my friend Kara gave me, this inspiration she offered me, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And then I came up with No Agenda December. So I started a hashtag where I will chronicle my journey throughout No Agenda December. And just keep up with me there if you want to see kind of like what I've been Going, getting up to. Um, I made a post yesterday, so you can search that hashtag and see what I'm up to. But essentially, it's exactly how it sounds. No agenda December. So for the rest of the December, I just have absolutely no agenda minus the few clients that I am still seeing. So I still see a few one on one clients. And besides our bookings in my schedule, I really have no plan for the day. I don't have expectations for myself. I don't really have a to-do list and I'm not putting a bunch of pressure on myself. And that's exactly what I needed after such a crazy past four months. So it's been feeling really good. I started this on Sunday. So if you're listening to this episode when it goes live, it is only Wednesday. So I've had like Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. So on Sunday, I like painted my nails for the first time in all of 2019. And it felt really, really good. Um, And yesterday, I saw some clients. It was just like a really great day. I watched some inspiring shows. I did a workout. I also watched Christmas Vacation with Scott. We got our tree up. Um, It was a great day. And you know how people say like, oh, it was such a Monday, Monday, or it was the Mondayest Monday ever. Um, And usually when people say that, it's kind of like, Oh, it was such a like draggy, overwhelming, frustrating, blah day kind of thing. And my Monday rocked yesterday. I'm recording this on Tuesday, by the way. And so anyways, um, my point is I really needed to give myself that permission. And it's been going really well so far. And I hope you follow along No Agenda December. Search that hashtag on Instagram if you want to. So those are my updates for No Agenda December. And also, this podcast episode was really inspired by No Agenda December as well. So I'm ticking that off for my Tuesday to-do is what I got up to today is recording this episode for you. I was feeling super inspired. And like I said, I can't thank you enough for those questions you sent in to me. So we are now almost 20 minutes into this episode. So why don't we get into the questions? So number one, some tips for anxiety. Now, I love talking about this because if you don't know, I have struggled with anxiety for many, many years of my life. And now I wouldn't say I struggle with anxiety, but I definitely do experience anxiety. So there's a big difference, right? There's struggling. Or there's experiencing it and also working with it. So that's kind of what I'm going to talk about today when she's asking for tips for anxiety. So I could give you tips, but you're also likely going to know these tips that I thought of right off the top of my head. So number one, when it comes to anxiety, I think deep breathing is a really great practice. The reason for this is it allows you to self-regulate. It calms your nervous system. So as soon as you are experiencing some anxiety, I would definitely try doing deep breathing through your nostrils or even that deep belly breathing where you're actually feeling your belly go in and out. I highly recommend that. Also, meditation is amazing. Starting your day off every single day with meditation. I know that when I start my day off with at least five minutes of meditation, I know those days I definitely don't experience anxiety. I know that for a fact. And then if I miss a day of meditating in the morning... Some days I just like don't feel right and I can really notice it. So I would definitely suggest kind of looking at what feels right for you, what you can do with your schedule. But I would definitely suggest trying to implement or start experimenting with some meditation, And start it in the morning, and you can even do it morning and night, but I think it's really, really important to start your day off like that. It's not only deep breathing and breathing through that meditation, but um, it's just really soothing, and it will set your day up really strong. And also journaling. I tend to meditate first thing in the morning, and then I journal before I go to bed, actually sharing this stuff with you. I am starting to think, should I kind of make a ebook or some type of guide for you ladies on how to set up your day for like mental and emotional success? I'm thinking that might be a good thing. Let me know. Um, I'll kind of like do a little poll over on Instagram too. But that's what I'm thinking. But um meditating first thing in the morning and then journaling. And the reason why I suggest journaling is it's kind of like free therapy, to be completely honest. A lot of the times, many of us get anxious or experience anxiety because of all the stuff we have going on in our minds so I would definitely suggest like journaling before bed get that all out on paper or whatever it is that you use to journal do it it makes me feel so much better Now, the three things that I just listed for you, deep breathing, meditating, and journaling, these are actually things that you may not be able to do when you're anxious. So if you're anxious, sometimes the last thing you want to do is start meditating. And for sure, the last thing, at least for me, I know I could not imagine like when I'm in the thick of feeling anxious, I probably am not going to want to sit down and start journaling. I might, but it might be the last thing I want to do. And deep breathing. I definitely do recommend this just because it does regulate that nervous system of ours. But here are two things that I think, A, are not talked about enough, and B, you actually can do right in that moment. So number one is essential oils. A couple years ago, I actually had a anxiety attack or a panic attack, and my heart was racing. I really couldn't catch my breath. I was the most anxious I had ever felt in my entire life it was so scary I could hardly breathe and I could hardly think about anything so I know if you are experiencing something like that or if you do experience moments like this of course you're not going to be able to do anything because you can hardly think to begin with. So luckily, I have my essential oils throughout my home. They're always at my fingertips. I have key ones placed in my office. I have key ones placed in my kitchen, in my living room, in my bedroom. So I have specific places throughout my home where I put these really specific essential oils And luckily, when I was experiencing this anxiety attack, a bottle of wild orange was right next to me. So I grabbed the bottle of wild orange. I did a deep inhale of it and instantly my breathing regulated, my heart rate slowed down, my mind wasn't racing anymore. I was able to catch my breath and actually think. And sit there. And I was no longer anxious. Now, it's not just because I smelt something. Essential oils have an incredible amount of science behind them. And Wild Orange specifically actually lowers and balances. It works to support cortisol levels within our blood. So cortisol is our stress hormone. So when we're anxious, experiencing one of those anxiety or panic attacks, our cortisol is like pumping. It is skyrocketed. So because I was able to grab that wild orange, take an inhale of it, my everything regulated for me and I was able to calm down because that cortisol was really being addressed within my body. A lot of people don't realize this because so many essential oils on the market today are just pretty smells. Like a lot of people think that you're starting to use essential oils to like choose natural products instead of like candles with a bunch of toxins and stuff like and crap in it. Um, but most essential oils are actually cut with synthetics and fillers, and they're just as toxic as candles or something else toxic that you're trying to replace in your home. They're like fragrance, you know, fragrance that's man-made and a lot of essential oils actually have fragrance in them. So it's really important that you're using an essential oil that is pure essential oil. So as you know, I use doTERRA essential oils and our wild orange essential oil and all of our other essential oils actually are pure extracts from plants. So the wild orange, for an example, that I used in that moment, it is simply just the essential oil from the rind of a wild orange. So that's all that's in those bottles, guys. And that is why you can use some essential oils such as doTERRA for those therapeutic benefits. So I would definitely recommend if you are struggling with anxiety, um, I got this question from a listener So if anxiety is something that you're wanting to address and work on and support yourself through, I would definitely recommend grabbing some doTERRA essential oils and having those key ones for anxiety in your home. And I'm always here to help support you with that. And I would definitely be able to make some more recommendations for you. And then second of all is reframing the way you actually look at anxiety. So I know that when I get those uncomfortable feelings and even the majority of the women I am friends with, I work with, my clients, when we get those uncomfortable feelings, we tend to get really worked up about them, right? We can feel that anxiety coming on right? And we can get really worked up about it. And we also almost, we almost make ourselves anxious, just thinking about how we're starting to feel those feelings. So one of the most powerful tools you can offer to yourself is reframing the way you actually look at anxiety. And you can do that by looking at At it like it's your friends or your teacher, something that you actually know and aren't actually afraid of. So if you feel those feelings start brewing up, you can be like, oh, hey, I know you. Yeah, your anxiety. I'm not going to run from you today. I'm actually going to work with you today. Okay. So do you see that reframe? And this is something that I help my clients with on a one on one basis. But that is part of what I would encourage you to do is start reframing how you actually see that anxiety and how you're like working with it. Are you trying to push it away and ignore it and run from it? Or are you actually being like, Hey, I see you, but we're actually not going to do this today. You see that difference? Um, So that's what I want for all of you, to be able to reframe these feelings that are kind of like controlling your life. So we'll move on to the next question. And this one I love because my puppy, Penny, is actually sitting right next to me right now. Gosh, I wish you could see her right now. She is just wrapped up in blankets and looks so cute. So this question comes from a listener and they ask, what are some things to think about before getting a dog that people may not normally think about? I love this question. As you know, I got Penny in 2017. So she's actually going to be turning three this coming March. Crazy. But um, I made a little bit of a list here and I'm just going to include all of it. I'm not sure if these things are things you have thought about already or not, but um, here's some stuff. So obviously the size I think is something really important to think about. I know I've had conversations with people in the past where they've gotten a big dog and then they haven't really thought about how big the dog actually is for their home and their lifestyle. And then they kind of complain that the dog's so big. So I would definitely, suggest really, really thinking about the size of dog that you want. And I understand that some people really do want a big dog. For me personally, Penny's about five pounds. She's really tiny and she is the perfect size for us. I always wanted a dog just to be able to lay on my lap while I watch a movie or snuggle next to me while I record a podcast. She's the perfect size for my lifestyle. Also, I travel a lot. And normally, Scott is able to obviously take care of her while I'm away traveling. But if Scott and I are both away together, or if we both have something going on, um, it's really easy for us to Get someone like one of our parents to watch her just because she is so small. It's not like um, we're asking them to watch a 50 pound dog or whatever. So it's easy for us to have people watch her. But maybe you don't travel a lot. And maybe you really do want a big dog. You live on an acreage or a farm and a big dog really does suit your lifestyle. So definitely size is something to think about. Mannerism. I think this is also important. I really love like cuddly, loving, affectionate. And Penny is definitely that. And if you follow me on Instagram, I often have her in my stories and she's like very loving and affectionate, but she's also super spunky and can be exactly like a toddler. So it just humors me because it makes me so happy. I'm definitely not in like the time of my life to have children yet. I'm just not there like mentally or emotionally whatsoever yet, but I love having something to love and take care of. So Penny's perfect. She is like definitely a toddler for sure. And so that is definitely consider the mannerism and just like their behavior. And you can do a lot of research on like the mannerism of dogs online and even ask the breeders that you're talking to and things like that. And which food? This is another question. Like, have you thought about food? Are you going to go with a kibble? Or are you wanting to make their own food? Or is it a type of dog that would really thrive off of raw food? Also, do you have a good local vet to rely on? We are really lucky here in Yorkton. We have an amazing vet that we take Penny to when she needs her checkups. I actually just had her there last week and she got her vaccinations and she was kind of freaking out. And then he's like, be brave, Penny. And then she stopped freaking out and he was able to give her her vaccination. It was so cute. And then, kind of like I said before, how often do you travel? Um, This is just important. Like, are you thinking you want a dog and then you just travel so much that it wouldn't really be fair for the dog anyways? So that's definitely something to consider. Or maybe you travel, but you definitely can work it with your schedule. But do you actually have a place where the dog can stay when you're traveling or can it come with you? And then the time of year, I thought this might be a question that some people don't really think of. I know I definitely wouldn't have wanted to get a dog during the winter while living in Saskatchewan. We got Penny in the summertime in like June of 2017 and it was really easy for us to take her outside and train her. But I think it would have been a really, really big challenge for us to train her in the winter times just because our winters are so long and harsh. So it wouldn't have been even safe for me to take a little one pound dog outside. She was like so tiny when I got her. It was insane. singing. And then this is definitely um, a obvious one. At least I think so. But from what I have been kind of observing in my own life, maybe people don't really think of the long terminus of having a dog. Like obviously it's a huge commitment we kind of like all know that maybe but I think a lot of us will get caught up in the oh like the nowness right like we just want a dog now but we don't really think about the long term thing about having a dog like they are a long term thing um I know my childhood dog, she was like 17 years old before we had to put her down. So that's a really long-term thing. It's not like you're just going to have them two to five years or whatever, right? They're much longer term than that. And one thing to consider is, are you in a place in your life right now where you're wanting a dog and then five years from now, you want kids. Are you going to still be able to kind of do like the whole kid thing and the dog thing without neglecting your dog? Um, so those are some big um, things to think about for sure. And I hope that helped um, whoever sent this question in. And I really did enjoy that question. It made me think about some of the things that I was thinking of um, before we got Penny. And then next question is how to know if I need to gain weight for amenorrhea recovery. So this person sending in this question has hypothalamic amenorrhea. So she was wanting to know if she needs to gain weight or if it's due to stress or a deficiency of some type. So I really like this question because... I've been through it. I had hypothalamic amenorrhea for 12 years. I got my period back in August of this year. So I'm really passionate about this topic for sure. And I think the whole like question of how do I know if I need to gain weight is a common one. And I really like talking about this because I'm asked this question a lot. So I think It's important to not make this journey of getting your period back about weight gain I recorded many episodes this summer about getting my period back, and you will hear me talk time and time again about how it's super important to not make it about weight gain. But I really like how she worded this question, like, how do I know if it's due to me needing to gain weight or if it's actually due to stress or a deficiency of some type like zinc, she said. So hypothalamic amenorrhea. The reason you have it is because it's stress. It's all stress related. So you have to look at the stress in your life. There's stress of some type coming in. It could be um not enough calories coming in, it could be over exercising, and it also could be too low of body fat. Those 3 are the big blocks. Those are Really big. And the reason why I stress this is because a couple years ago, I definitely also thought I was deficient in vitamins and minerals. (laughs) I got off of birth control back in 2014 and my period didn't come back. And yeah, that's like five years ago, right? And my period didn't come back and I um, was really. Convinced that I had a deficiency of some type, like zinc or magnesium or all of the above plus more. And that's what I thought it was. So that's why I really wanted to answer this question, is because I think our brains can try and convince us that it can be like a gut infection or a nutrient deficiency. And that's what We need to address in order to get our periods back. But I have seen women recover their periods, even if like they're not supplementing with certain vitamins and minerals. Um, That's I'm all about proper supplementation. But I'm going to say that you really need to take an honest look at your intake. Are you actually eating enough? Are you exercising too much or what's like the stress of your exercise? Like, are you doing yoga or are you training for a marathon? Those are two very different things and also your body weight for sure. But um, I would definitely suggest letting your body weight just kind of like fall into its place like I did and address the exercise and the food component for sure. That's where I would start. And if you have any questions, any more questions, and this was your question and you're listening to me answer it right now, um, but you have more questions, just shoot me a DM on Instagram for sure. And then um, the next question is like ways to support your self-esteem when you can't exercise due to injury. So I thought this was also a really great question to talk about, especially after the hypothalamic amenorrhea question, because amenorrhea is kind of like an injury to your reproductive system. Your reproductive system is kind of like crying out for, rest. And so a lot of us have to stop exercising um, when we're overcoming HA. But if you're injured like this listener is, and they're struggling with self-esteem, I would definitely suggest taking this time to really find yourself. It sounds like you probably have a lot of your um, like how you define yourself, I feel like you have a lot of that tied up into exercise and kind of associating yourself with a, whatever you are, an athlete, or maybe you're like a power lifter. I know one of my best friends, she went through this, she was a power lifter and then she got a shoulder injury and she couldn't power lift anymore. And she went through a really dark time because she was tying kind of like her worth and all that she was into powerlifting. She really didn't know who she was anymore um, when she didn't have powerlifting. And it sounds like maybe you're experiencing the same thing. You are really lacking self-esteem because something that was so important to you is no longer part of your life. So I would actually think like, again, reframing um, this whole like time in your life, just reframe it instead of s- seeing it as something really, really sucky that you can't do anymore. I would instead be like, wow, I have this opportunity to actually learn who I am again. Like, I don't even know myself beyond exercise is some of the things that you might be thinking, right? And so how can you start learning about yourself again? Like take up a new hobby, meet some good friends that actually like you for you and start just creating those like meaningful relationships, including the meaningful relationship that you have with yourself. That is key. So please, please, please reframe and spend some time with yourself as you move through this injury and I promise you that once you start working on that relationship with yourself and start understanding who you are outside of exercise, that self-esteem is going to come, okay? And um then moving on, tips for meditation. Love this because, you know, I love my meditating. We already talked about this a little bit. So quickly, tips for meditation. Um, I actually like don't meditate in the morning if I forget to put my earbuds next to my bed. So I have a little nightstand right beside my bed and I just have my earbuds sitting there. First thing in the morning, I jump on YouTube or Spotify or another pod or another meditation app that I really like. But typically I use YouTube because there's like hundreds of thousands of meditations on YouTube and there's some really great accounts to subscribe to there. I like when I find one that I like, I just save it and add it to my meditation playlist so that's what I would do. Like start this meditation playlist, find a really good like cycle of meditations that you can cycle through. And that's what I do. I keep it, my earbuds next to it, my bed, wake up first thing in the morning. This is what I do. And this is how I stay consistent with meditating. And the reason why I do it like this is because when I wake up and get out of bed, Penny jumps after me and starts playing. And then I want to eat breakfast and start my day and all the things, right? So my day just kind of starts when I get out of bed. So that's what works for me. What works for me might not work for you, of course. (laughs) Um, But if that sounds like something that can work for you, then definitely give that a go. Um, I love Louise Hay's voice. So if you type Louise Hay meditations on YouTube, you'll get a bunch that come up. I love her morning meditation. It's about 30 minutes. That is like my favorite meditation to do. And yeah, if you find someone with a voice that you really like, I would definitely just kind of stick with them and cycle through their meditations that they have for you. I love doing that. For me, I'm really picky about people's voices. So anyone who has ever told me that they like my voice and they find it soothing, thank you because I've never been a fan of my own voice. But I feel like the majority of people are not fans of their own voices. But anyways, I'm getting off topic tips for meditations, have your earbuds, but also find a routine that actually works for you. Maybe morning meditation actually doesn't work for you and a bedtime meditation would work best. I know one of my friends years ago, I would stay with her and her favorite way to meditate was right before bed. So she'd put her earbuds in right before bed and she'd kind of like fall asleep while meditating. Um so maybe that works best for you because you have like super crazy mornings or something like that. Um but just like play around with a routine and then stick with that routine. And also tip. You don't have to be like sitting. I never sit when I meditate. I lay down. I'm always laying down in bed. So don't like let the, I don't know, stigma of meditation scare you away or prevent you from meditating. So if you see people always like sitting upright, screw that. I never do that. I wouldn't be able to meditate like that. So don't let like a box Um, keep you from meditating is what I'm saying. And also you don't need to meditate for half an hour. I love meditating for half an hour, but sometimes I just like don't have that time. Maybe I have a early client that day or an appointment that day or whatever. Um, um, Then I only meditate for like five, 10 minutes, whatever I have time for. But it's just important to me that I do meditate. And then finally, our last question, I do really want to um, make sure I answer this question. Um, This comes from one of our listeners and she's asking, what are the signs that I have healed enough to start dating again? So I thought this was a really neat question. And the very first thing that was on my heart when I read this was... I feel like you'll know, like if you have that interest in dating again and it feels right for you, then I think that's, that's enough of a sign that it's time. Um, I know for me, I went through a breakup in 2015 and I started dating Scott, like, the summer after. So the breakup was in the spring and I started dating Scott that summer. So it was just a few months later and it felt really right for me. And also I think like I did healing on my own part too. I was really, really um, upset and angry at him. Like it caused me, it kind of like triggered things within me, right? When I would think of him, I was, I would feel like emotions. And now I can think of him and literally feel neutral. And I think that's really important to talk about because I think that's a really good sign that you are healed enough to start dating again. That when you think of your ex, You just kind of feel neutral about the situation. And this is actually something that I do with my clients. Like when we are working through old wounds that are needing to be dealt with, we go into our past and we use a lot of self-forgiveness and the way we move on from this practice and move into another pocket within our life or whatever is We know we're ready to move on when the way we feel about the past no longer triggers emotion within us. So when things are neutral. So I think that's kind of like the biggest takeaway here is you're probably ready to start dating again and you feel healed enough to start dating again when there's no more like emotional trigger. It's just neutral. And again, I'm not like a relationship therapist whatsoever but I've been through some tough times in my day (laughs) and I know a lot about healing and emotions and mental health and that is what I would say Um, Just tune into you, you know yourself more than anyone and don't let other people say like, oh, that was fast. Don't let that stop you. If it feels right um, to you, you'll know, but also don't like neglect or ignore your feelings. Um, If you are still needing time to process things, that's okay. Okay. If your best friend got over their ex in a couple of months and you're still dealing with things, that's okay. Everything's okay. Everything's allowed. Give yourself permission to grieve that relationship, but also heal from it. Um, so I hope that answers your question and I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really had fun recording this. I love our solo shows so much. We don't do them nearly enough, but maybe we'll do more in the new year. Or in fact, we will do more in the new year. And um, hey, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. If you celebrate or happy holidays, whatever you do over the next two weeks, I wish you all so much love and health and happiness. And I hope you just enjoy it with people that you um, love and love being with. Just be present this holiday season. That's really why I am taking these next two weeks off. I think it's really important to be able to just be present with our loved ones, our friends, and family. So... I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Thank you so much for submitting these questions. And if you love the podcast or like this episode, please just take a screenshot of you like your surroundings while you're listening to this or take a screenshot of you watching or listening to this episode and then post it to Instagram and be sure to tag me so I can actually see it. And we will connect over on Instagram. Thank you so much, ladies, for being here. I really appreciate all of you.